Welcome to Backdoor Sliders, where you hear everything you need to know about your league. Here are your hosts, the creators of Coast to Coast Front Office, Stephen Bowles and Wes Maxey. Welcome to Backdoor Sliders. We start with a solemn moment this morning. Uh, today is Monday, October 2nd. And we just want to take a minute to uh, to observe the sense of senseless act of hate that took place uh, in Las Vegas overnight. Uh, of course, we're not a political podcast, and uh, we don't discuss the things that are wrong with society. But we do think that uh, that is important as humans and as Americans that we take a minute just to share uh, our thoughts and condolences to any victim or those affected by uh, that senseless act of hate there in Las Vegas. And that being said, uh, Stephen. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, you know, obviously I'd like to express my condolences as well. Uh, without, you know, like you said, we're not very political, but, you know, it's just really disgusted at the, the cowardice of of this individual. Um, I refuse to name him. Because honestly, in events like this, I make it a point not to remember the names of the individuals that do this, because I feel like that's that's more of their agenda than anything, as they they want their name to go down in history. So I, I make it a point not to remember the names of those sick individuals. But on another note, um, with all that being said, I am pretty excited about how my baseball season ended. Uh, this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, moving on from that sad note, let's talk a little about baseball. There's a lot going on right now. There's obviously a lot of celebration to be had for you uh, and in general for the sake of coast to coast front office, like a really, really momentous year for us. So uh, a lot of stuff to celebrate, a lot to look back on and, and uh, it went really well. And then of course, a lot to uh, hopefully look forward to here in the near future as we continue to grow as well. So uh, with no further ado, let's congratulate our champions. So, uh, out of three leagues, we have two people to uh, to congratulate. So, number one is uh, some guy I've never heard of named Steven. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, congrats to that guy. That guy. I, wish, I wish he participated a little bit around here. Just pulling out oh, a man. man out of nowhere, you know. That guy doesn't do Whoever. anything for this league. Yeah, what a what a jerk that guy seems to be. <laughs> I don't... Oh, wait, that's you. That's, ah! <laughs> that's you, Steven, not, not some other Steven. Ah. Man. Wait, a jerk is right, huh? <laughs> you, you were just lurking, lurking for so long. You just let me hold on to a lead, and then was it how how many days was it that you passed me for the lead? <sighs> was it the last? Was it within the last week, or was it just before the end? Definitely of the... in the last ten days. Yeah, um, and then you you weren't looking back from that point. It's that's when your team was really hitting on all cylinders, and uh, you took the lead, and you, you didn't look back, and. and We'll, we'll get more into a discussion of that, too. But I also want to take a minute to congratulate Jordan Stein as well. So Absolutely. not only is he a league champion and a first-time owner, but he is a two-time league champion in his first season of Coast to Coast for an office. So I would clap, so, but I don't know how that would sound on the mic. So uh, congratulations. Yeah, incredibly impressive stuff. Uh, I mean, obviously, those are startup leagues, but he was also playing in uh, in the Rub League specifically, that was head-to-head, so it was kind of new for everybody, but he was playing against a couple of guys, uh, you know, you and myself included, that are pretty familiar with our setup and our format, and aside from the kind of adjustment of it being head-to-head, like, some pretty savvy vets were going up against him there, so congrats to Jordan. Absolutely. Really well done on both accounts. Yep. 
So uh, let's jump right in. Let's kick it off with gym rats because there's a lot to discuss. Um, honestly, I, I think that was probably the most fun ending or really whole season that I've seen in fantasy baseball. Um, a lot kind of happened towards the end of the year. It, it stayed really tight like we talked about along the way. Uh, the final standings, I want to say there was three teams within the f- 10 points or so. Is that sound right? Um, I know at the end, things got a little... 12-ish. Yeah, well, yeah, 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Okay. And a lot of that came, uh, so obviously you passed me in about the last 10 days. Uh, my team, as you were getting hot, my team was going into a, a horrendous slump. And in fact, they already had been for the last probably two weeks. And I never came out of that slump. So for me, I, I was going to have to take some sort of bold strategy to give myself a chance to win. Or I could just kind of sit back and finish in second and maybe hope that your team imploded and then I could kind of sneak into a one point victory or something. But I went bold. I did a lot of streaming. I was adding a bunch of guys. I was basically aiming to just kind of hope that my bats would pick back up. I could then pick up a point over you in slugging and home runs. Um, The other hitting categories, not much was going to change outside of the two ratio stats uh, and home runs. And so what I was aiming for is to win quality starts, wins, and strikeouts, which I was on pace to have done that. Maybe not quality starts, but it just it tanked me in my ratio stats to the point that I kind of fell out of contention. I actually went from second to third. And then finally, the last couple of days, I just let it go and conceded to you at that point. Yeah, I mean, what was it? Mid-September, around the 13th, 14th, I was like practically ready to uh, tell Doug to go ahead and ship that ball on over to California. You said that, yeah. Actually, I could probably look back and find it in my text when you you sent a message to me saying like, ah, you know what, I think it's over. And, and I was actually, I took your side. I'm like, no, like you're you're right here in this category and this category and you could totally make this work. And maybe I should have kept that to myself because I, <laughs> I think mean, uh, it gave you it new life. Here, looking back to uh, September 15th, you have a eight-point lead. Yeah. And that's, you know, two weeks from the end. That, that doesn't That doesn't look good. You know, especially in Roto, you know, because it's points are hard to come by late in the season. They uh, certainly are. Uh, a lot of times, uh, in this particular instance, I don't. I think that they were a lot closer than I've ever seen them in any Roto league. Not just one or two particular categories, but we're talking like five or six categories where you know points were shifting every day, and even an average. Especially that middle, it didn't. I kind of pulled away from that pack towards you know right over the last week, but uh, I I think you kind of felt the wrath of that that big pack in the middle, just separated by like you know a couple thousandths, ten thousandths of a point. So uh, yeah, and batting average, and there was a lot of change over the last two weeks, obviously because. You know, the, the standings did shift a lot over the last two weeks, thankfully in my favor, but it's really nothing I've ever seen before in all my years of playing Roto baseball. Yeah, it's definitely a rare thing to see. Uh, and what's really crazy is to think back about, I don't know, episode two and three, how we talked about how close the race was. At the time, it was between six uh-huh. and seven teams. But now looking back and seeing that the standings are really very, very similar to what they were mm-hmm. at that time. The order switched, but the numbers are still almost identical to what we were talking about then. Yeah, I mean, whew. 
I'm just like, I don't know. Like it's obviously I'm glad that it's over in a sense that I don't have to like worry about not winning, but man, like it was so much fun over the past, like two months really. I mean, cause just for me, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, looking back to early August, like I was kind of bummed, you know, my team was really struggling out of the all-star break. Uh, you know, I ended up still in August having to make some pretty, pretty substantial trades to get where I was at. And, uh, you know, like I said on Facebook, not sure where this is going to leave my team in the years to come, but you know, doesn't even matter. We always say flags fly forever. They sure do. So great win for you. Honestly, that's, that's one of the better achievements I've seen is to come back from where you were basically conceding almost two weeks out and then coming back the way you did like really good stuff. And then all year this, this top four, I mean, even shotgun, uh, just under 130 points. Like he hung in there, stick, stuck with his team. And the categories, that was the funniest part to me is the categories that I needed most are categories that he was winning. And he's not even in contention yeah. to win, but it's still the fact that he kept his team active. He kept playing throughout the year. And those were the numbers that were holding me back in the end. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, uh, I think he kind of threatened your third place spot there. At, uh, I want to say around Friday night or sometime. Oh, yeah. What a year for him, honestly. I mean, for a guy who basically sold his best asset and around July 4th to, you know, still finish at fourth place with 128 points, well ahead of the group behind him, um, much closer to us in the front than uh, those trailing him. Uh, you know, he, he played – Every day he played for what, 180 some days of baseball this year, and you know, congrat. I mean, obviously there's no no prizes for fourth place, but you know, hell of a year for shotgun. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I honestly think that could be said throughout. Like a lot of the teams that are at the bottom of the standings, uh, we were just talking in the pre-show how a lot of those guys are bad because of the way that they sold, but by selling. They're building for the future, so right. like yeah, they didn't. They don't look competitive on paper, but just think about how much that changes their team going forward yeah, too. I mean, so, just a really, really good year for us, and I mean, I couldn't be more stoked about it. And you know, that's that being said too. This to me, it was important that, and I'm sure you felt the same, but it was important that we compete for this year as individuals like me or or you, uh, because I think that. What I've seen this year, what I saw this year in this league is that people who you don't necessarily expect to contend are learning to manage better and learning how to contend. It almost, it just, it really makes me think that every year moving forward, it's going to get harder and harder to win these leagues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I definitely have my work cut out for me going forward. Um, You know, it it was definitely worth it to win this year. But, you know, as you just said, like the, the other owners, they're getting more experience, they're getting better. And I dug myself in a hole, so you know, I have to. I'm gonna have to manage myself, you know, go manage my team going forward against all these owners who are improving, who did take advantage of the setups of the league and made a lot of good trades that will benefit them going forward. Uh, you know, just for example, I, I know I've mentioned him several times, but. Uh, you know, Steve Ernest, you know, this guy, 
he he did uh the most uh to me impressive sale job of um of the year uh he's got a a loaded team full of you know question marks of course because he's not proven players but you know if only half of those guys shake out like he's still in a really good shape moving forward um definitely the first time i've had to um go in and upgrade how many players a team can actually keep because it's set to 30 <laughs> and when i went in for the keepers to set all that stuff up today i had to bump it up because steve has so many farm draft players on his team coming over to the next season that I, he's going to have more than 30 players on his roster not active roster but on his roster going in, into next season right on so uh what do you say we hop over into rub and uh, do a little recap on the playoffs there yeah, so I guess uh, last time we talked was after the um, the first round, which was before before I got a chance uh, or a crack at the playoffs, um, which didn't go too well for me in that league. I had a lot of fun uh, with this league. Uh, my first um, real head-to-head experience. I played. In, I think we we kind of did it one time before, but you know just. To, to really play it like we like we play fantasy baseball now was pretty much a brand new experience for me uh, I really enjoyed it um, I plan on play, participating in head-to-head leagues going forward but uh yeah um, Jordan Stein our play our uh, excuse me our uh, coast-to-coast front office uh, owner of the year definitely uh, definitely shined uh, in this league as well as Blurns Ball. But, uh, so if we go back to the first round, we had, um, just to kind of give a quick little recap, we had, uh, Springfield Isotopes and Billy Bean is not my lover. And Springfield Isotopes won 10 and a half to three and a half, which moved on. And he unfortunately ran into Jordan and his baby fart McGeezax team. Uh, that did not go so well for Springfield. He lost eight and a half to five and a half. And homie closer Tiny Dansby took out Wolf Cola eleven to three in the first round. And he ran into me. Fortunately for him, my team kind of stumbled into the playoffs and continued that trend into the second round. I lost eight to six. But the final round was uh there was nothing nothing close, nothing remotely um really exciting about that unless your name is jordan because uh that was 12 and a half to one and a half points uh, about as convincing as you can get uh you know barring a, a shutout so uh yeah he really dominated the playoffs by by far um he was the number one seed coming in you know uh, as i kind of looked up pre-show you know, this is a team that he, he drafted pretty much. He didn't really make a lot of trades during the season. You know, just a handful. Uh, a lot of his trades were of the farm draft variety anyway, so it didn't really affect his team too much. But uh, I assume he worked a wire when he needed to and, you know, obviously drafted really well. It uh, worked out one hell of a year for him. 
Yeah, it sure was. And just looking back at the active roster from his championship week, uh, he, he played four different catchers, two sh- three shortstops, one, two, three, four, six outfielders, another five utility players. He definitely did his work on the wire, right. moving guys in and out. So, uh, I mean, that's certainly a way to win, being active and uh, making smart moves. It definitely paid off for him in this one. But moreover, i got to say, like, what a good first year that was. Very competitive uh, throughout the season for, I mean, you, you have kind of those bottom dwellers. Unfortunately, I kind of took over late, but ended up being one of those kind of bottom dwellers after I sold out too. So, uh, but aside from that, the top seven or eight teams, I think it was really in the playoff race as it came down to it. So uh, really exciting year. It just gives us something good to grow on there too. Yeah. I mean, the playoffs really didn't shape up until, you know, that last week. So I, I don't think there was a shift in the last week, but it was the week prior. So, uh, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, you had you had your – it was kind of top-heavy, I guess, the regular season was with, uh, you know, mainly it was me, uh, you know, Jordan and uh, Novak were pretty much the three more dominant regular season teams. But, you know, that four through eight – any of those guys really had a chance to get in there and uh, made for an exciting uh, exciting year, especially there in uh, late August and through the playoffs in September. Yeah, certainly did. Uh, anything else you want to add on Rub? No. Uh, well, in that case. From the, uh, well, I was just going to say, I, I don't, I think we might have a, uh, you know, I think you're going to, you're looking for a replacement for, for your squad, but uh, uh, there might might be one other team who might get a replacement. But pretty much the bulk of this bulk of this league is coming back, so you know I kind of expect more of the same in uh, 2018. Yeah, I think that for the most part it is going to be a, a really stable base there for this league. Uh, and year to year, you'll have a one or two guys who probably want to swap out. I I only took over a team as a replacement for someone else, and I I really don't have the time to dedicate to. Uh, another league of, of kind of this magnitude, especially in the head-to-head format. Um, so, yeah, I, I am going to step away at the end of the year. We'll find a replacement for me and then anyone else who you know, kind of feels the same way. We Obviously, we want to have committed owners in uh, in all of our leagues, and that's what kind of sets us apart and really makes, uh, you know, this format so great. So, yeah, that's I, – I think it will really be beneficial to the league moving forward, having someone who can spend kind of more time on it and just generally do, do a better job. Right, no – also, like to point out that uh, Jordan is actually going to take over uh, the bulk of the commissioning duties for this league, so uh, it's going to be a huge help for me to me. So, um, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to competing in this league. I'm not not going to um, pass off my team, so I'll be back competing. Hopefully, uh, maybe a head-to-head championship next year. Well, look at you! I can tell you what you're not going to get, and that's another championship, Jim Rats. But we'll save that for another day. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about another league that Jordan <laughs> dominated. Let's uh, let's hop into Blurns Ball and just tell us how that ended up for us. There. Yeah, so um, uh, he had a pretty convincing lead last time, you know, last show. Not sure exactly what the numbers were, but at one point between, you know, two weeks ago or however long it was since our uh, – I guess it was three weeks ago. Wow. Um our last show, uh, Rubik's Cubed gave him a, gave him a little sweat. And uh, I think he got within a point or two. 
there for a couple days, but uh, that didn't last too long. Uh, Jordan and his continuum transfunctioners. Uh, Jesus, how about just slobbered all over the microphone? <laughs> continuum <laughs> transfunctioners. <laughs> Come out. Let me grab a towel. <laughs> 150, 150 points. I, I'm pretty sure that's a coast to coast roto record. Um, yeah, I would say so. That's a, that's a lot of stinking points. Uh, you know, it's a lot team, of category winning. Yeah. Uh, he finished with 138.5, which is a great number for second place. Yes. But, uh, you know, obviously very top heavy. Uh, we do have a tie at the third, which was addressed to me yesterday. Uh, 121 and a half. Um, so as, as I told, told, um, I can't can't think of who who asked me, but anyways, so since uh, third and fourth hold um, you know different chances for the uh, the draft lottery, we're just gonna split them down the middle. So uh, both will have four chances in the draft lottery. Just throw that out there so everybody knows. Um, since uh, third place holds three and fourth place holds five, we're just gonna split it down the middle. But, uh, yeah, very top-heavy league. Uh, Jordan absolutely dominated both of the leagues he played in for us this year. Um, he went on a personal sweep of the year, he said. Went five for five Unbelievable. in all his leagues. I so. saw that post, and I didn't even Hell know what to say to that. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just – talk about, you know, having having your stuff together to start a season and drafting well. You know, that is the only way that you sweep your, you know, sweeping like two for two, even three for three, but five for five, man, that's, that's insane. That's awesome. So, you know, huge props to him. Um, I'm looking forward to competing against him and, and, um, rub and, uh, maybe other leagues down the line. Uh, great owner. Uh, we got several, but one hell of a year by Jordan. How long has Jordan worked at ESPN? Did he ever mention that to you? <laughs> if he, if I was he just was thinking, a, should we? If he was for ESPN, he would probably be in the bottom third. <laughs> <laughs> should we look for a replacement for Jordan with just the hope of making the league a little more competitive overall? <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. But no, on a serious note, congratulations to him. Like a tremendous year in, in both of our leagues, and then I guess three other leagues too. So, yeah. Kudos to you, good sir. And, uh, uh, and, and a great year for Blurns Ball in general, too. I mean, it, it sounds like it was very competitive. Uh, it just was super top. Maybe a couple of guys who had good drafts, got lucky, were yeah. also good owners. And when all their forces combined, it just mm -hmm. ended up being a, a pretty top-heavy league. But uh, really good first year, and I, I look forward to uh, hearing how those guys do going forward. And we are looking for someone within that league to take over as commissioner there, too. So uh, that's right. kind of our hope for all of these leagues is that once we get kind of that first year out of the way, someone kind of just comes to the top and says that they're willing to uh, do kind of those commissioner type deals. So you're not, you know, spending a lot of time doing each and every league. So rather more overseeing it, but not really having to go in and do all the different functions. Right. Yeah. Plate's pretty full, but you know, I'm not going to abandon any league. For oh sure. no, no. I'm definitely, definitely not going to stop the expansion just uh, for my sake either. So, but yeah, an, another uh, somebody to commission this league would be a huge help. Um, obviously, right now at this point, it's not a huge burden for me to do it. But you know, I'm try I'm trying to look down the line uh, a little bit here, and um, 
you know, because I, I obviously we plan on adding. So I'd like to kind of get somebody in place. So if you want to and you're in this league, um, I really don't want to bring anybody from the outside to do it. But um, as far as uh, owners is this league for this league goes, as far as I know, uh, obviously I'm kind of in the same boat you are in a rub as I took over a team just to keep it competitive for the year. Um, I don't plan on competing in this league moving forward. So I will be finding the replacement for my team. And we also had an owner for the owner for bullpen catchers uh, opted to step aside um, for his own reasons. Uh, he, he does not wish to continue uh, and coast to coast. So unfortunately uh, I do need to find another owner for that as well. But, um, like, like I said, keeping the bulk of the, keeping the, you know, the, a good foundation of good owners in this league. And I look for it to be competitive again, moving forward to next year. Absolutely. And that all being said too, uh, one of the best ways that we find good fantasy owners, uh, is by word of mouth. So if you know friends, a colleague, some guy that you talk to, who you know, is into fantasy, share, share what we have and, uh, see if it's something that they're interested in. People generally know pretty quickly if it's something that they think that they would have an interest in or willingness to compete in, or if it's just too much work. Uh, but that's how we find some of our best owners is just by sharing our story with others and seeing if it's something that you're interested right. in. So don't be afraid to tell people uh, what you're into. Yeah. So now let's, uh, let's take a step into real life baseball, things that haven't ended yet. Let's uh, let's head over into the MLB playoffs. This is something that I'm sure every owner in, in our leagues are, are looking forward to just as much as I am and you are. Uh, but some really interesting matchups coming up in the playoffs this year. Uh, in the pre-show, I was telling you that, uh, of course, there are favorites and, of course, there are you know teams who you kind of think probably won't win a wild card, what have you. But if I just casually had a conversation with anyone and they said, oh, you know, I really think this team is going to win it all, I wouldn't be that shocked. Like any of those teams, I think, no. has a chance. Yeah, uh, you know, I do think the Twins are kind of the outlier. Ooh. If you if you could have an outlier, I don't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they win tomorrow. Uh, I will be completely and utterly surprised if they could manage to beat Cleveland right. in a in a five game series. Uh, I really think the odds of that are are way up there. Um, I'm, I would not be surprised if they can beat the Yankees in one game. Um, honestly, if it was a five-game series, um, may probably even a three-game series, I still would think the Yankees have a much better shot of moving forward. But uh, you know, anything can happen in one game in baseball. So, uh, it certainly can. You know, and, and that being said, for me, both of the second wildcard teams are the teams that obviously I just, the Rockies and the, and the Twins, I just don't think that they stand as good of a chance to win. But both of those teams have shown a resiliency and just an, an ability to win, even when you don't expect them to. Just getting to the playoffs, I think, was kind of a shocker for everyone for those two teams. Everyone predicted the Rockies to fall off, I don't know, four months ago. Everybody was kind of writing them off like, oh, their pitching's not good enough. They're not hitting enough. And here they are. They stuck around. Absolutely. Uh, the Twins, yeah. just they they fought their yeah. way in. I mean, they don't have pitching, but they just smashed the ball in the second mm-hmm. half. Uh, and, I mean, if it's – like, sure, if, if you don't have pitching, you can still win by hitting the ball. Now, given, like you said, they're going to be facing the, the Indians who have some top-tier pitchers too. But 
certainly a, a team that's capable of winning. But outside of that, I mean, I'm really looking forward to both of the other uh, games that are coming up, the Cubs at the Nationals and Boston at Houston. Uh, both of those series are going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm probably most excited for Cubs-Nationals. Uh, I really, unfortunately for me, I, I really think that the Nationals will move forward in that series. Um, just based on pitching alone, um, obviously both teams have really good offenses from pretty much one through eight um and their lineups uh, uh but the rotations uh, they don't line up well at all for the cubs in my opinion uh you know obviously kind of have to wait and see what what this uh it's a hamstring right with scherzer yes it is um, how that, how that kind of shakes out you know i obviously if that's a real issue uh that changes a lot really for me yeah absolutely especially in a five game series uh, obviously, Strasburg's been lights out over the past, you know, six to eight weeks or so. Uh, but, you know, the Cubs, starting pitching-wise, yeah. Man, you could almost argue that Hendricks is their best shot right now. That ain't saying much. Uh, which, no, it's not. And uh, I think he's definitely been the most consistent. But Hendricks is a quality start pitcher. He's not. He's not a... You know, you expect six innings, three earned runs from Hendricks when he goes out, you know, and three or four strikeouts. It's not some – you don't ex- expect him to go like eight and two, you know, go deep into games really. You expect to get maybe six innings out of him, probably th- three earned runs, four earned runs. So, yeah. And, uh, and then you, you know, need three innings of bullpen work. Right, and, you know, that bridge for the Cubs to get to um, Wade Davis, is a, it's a shaky bridge. So, yeah, it's I, not exactly constructed of concrete. That's more of the uh, the little rope, rope bridge that kind of hangs out across the yeah. daunting river. It's 300 feet rope up. planks. Right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I definitely – I wouldn't be surprised, obviously, if the Cubs move on, but I definitely think – the Nationals are pretty good favorites, assuming Scherzer is ready to go for game two and five because I think they pretty much ruled him out for game one at this point. So I was listening to an interview yesterday with Dusty Baker, and he couldn't have been less decisive on when Scherzer's going to pitch. And I think that that just kind of tells me he's going to let Max decide how he feels and when he's ready to go. Yeah. But all that being said, let's say, for instance, that Scherzer doesn't pitch game one doesn't pitch game two, that would give him basically another full week of rest, and he could pitch game three. I think they want to at least get him into two so he can, because the way the schedule lines up, that's full rest for game five. Right. If he ha- if they have to push him to three, then they're gonna if they need him for five, then it's gonna be short rest. So. Yeah, and I, I can see all that. I guess I could just see perhaps that Scherzer pitches game three, and maybe then the Nets. So put it this way: say the Strasburg plays game one, right? And let's say Strasburg wins that game. Let's say Geo goes game two, and I don't know, maybe that that's hit or miss, but it could go either way. Well, then Scherzer pitches game three. Let's just say that they win game three. Is there a need for a game five? You throw Strasburg in four, 
you win that game, you got yourself a series, and now you have Scherzer lined up to pitch game one. Uh, so I, I guess I just wouldn't be super surprised. I don't think that they care that much about where Scherzer pitches. Obviously, he's their best guy. They want him to go game one, but if he can't, I don't think it really matters that much. I think they could still win that series, and once Scherzer's healthy, it, ideally, for uh, for the championship series, then I, that's a whole new game, a whole new ball club. Yeah, you know, I just feel like that if – you know, obviously they're not going to put him out there in game two if he's not ready. But right. I don't, I definitely don't think they push him just because, just for any reason to line up the CS. Uh, I think you know, you if you if you can get two games out of Scherzer in any series, you take it. Uh, yeah, that's that's a very very fair point. Uh, so you know, obviously if he pitches game three, you're not getting. You're not getting Scherzer at 100% for two games. You're getting him, you know, at 100% for game three and whatever he's got left for five. Uh, and I, you really, I don't think you really want to do that in the first series of the playoffs. So I, I definitely think if there's if, – if obviously if he's not healthy, he's not going to pitch two. Right. Uh, but – I, uh, to me, if, if I'm not mistaken, two and three are back-to-back days. So if he's not ready for two, he's probably not going to be ready for three either. So, That's a fair point. Uh, I yeah. thought there was a day off between those, but I, I could be wrong on that. So no, I, I actually, haven't looked at the scheduling. I think you're right because that's a travel day. Normally. It goes, it goes, it should be D.C., D.C., Chicago, Chicago, D.C. You know, we could have looked this up ahead of time, but just saying. Yeah, so anyway. Uh, I, well, I think we're both taking the Nats in that series, though. So, yeah. regardless of when Scherzer pitches, I'm not that concerned, to be totally honest. I just, I'm not feeling the Cubs this year. I just don't think they have it. The pitching's not there. I don't trust Hendricks. I don't trust Lester. Yeah, I agree. There, there's nothing that I do trust, really. Uh, Boston and Houston. I know you were taking Boston there. I'm taking Houston there. I like Houston, especially with the home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I, I like uh, I like Boston better i just don't trust i know verlander's been great and he's had you know really good you know stretch of games here but i don't trust keiko i don't trust i really don't trust verlander i don't trust we're done here i'm done with this conversation houston (laughs) i don't trust anybody that houston puts on the bump you know from their rotation to their bullpen uh Obviously, you know, there's not a lot of trust on the other side of the ball either besides Sale. Uh, do you trust Sale right now? I do. Is he pitching his way out of the Cy Young? In my own opinion, he's pitched his way out of the Cy Young in the last month of the season. I think so, but... I, I got to go with Kluber now. Uh, I mean, honestly, if you look at numbers, I, I think it's pretty clear-cut anyway um, as far as Cy Young goes. I know I... Voted for sale, but I, that's more of if I had a vote, I'm voting for Kluber, but I'm kind of going off, you know, what I think the writers will vote as far as like to me, writers, especially the old school, they look at K's and they look at home runs, they look at the sexy stats. And you know, he had over 300 strikeouts for the year, you know, it's never, I don't think it's ever happened before, some crap like that. And I just same reason I think that Stanton wins the NL MVP. So, Giancarlo Stanton. Yes. Wow. I don't think 
if if it's if it's my vote, I'm not. I probably wouldn't vote for him over some of the other candidates. But and I also think that's why Judge stands a chance to win it in the AL. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, we won't get too wrapped up here in debates over end of season awards, but, but uh, let's see. So as far as I think that we both had posted on uh, on the Facebook about our winners for the wildcard game. I, did we both take the D-backs? And, oh, I took the Twins there. Yeah. You took the Yankees, huh? Shame ah, on you. Come on. They're a better team. Go, go sit in the corner. They're a better team. Severino. I, I won't Severino. Over. They're not a better team. I just like the story. Well, that's, you also got ties to the Twins. So. Ah, whatever. Yeah, but I like you know, Severino them. over Santana. Go, Paul, go. Bullpen way much. <laughs> I want the Yankees bullpen 100 times over the Twins. Uh, obviously the Twins yeah, have a better lineup, I think. But uh, <laughs> wait, you, is there a knock at your door? Is that oh, Aaron Judge? Aaron Judge is at the door. He would like to have a conversation with you. <laughs> it's, come on in, help yourself. <laughs> now, now, Twins do have a better lineup, top to bottom. The Yankees have the best player, but that's going to be on the field tomorrow. But uh, definitely Dozier. You know, yeah. There's there's some definite pop in that lineup from some guys that, right. when the year started, we wouldn't have really expected to to swing them back exactly. quite like they did. So exciting stuff there. I think the moral to that story: whoever wins that game, we think is going to lose to Cleveland. They're playing the <laughs> yeah. buzzsaw. Uh, and then yeah. so that gives us the D-backs and the Dodgers. And hopefully, the regular season is no indication of how this plays out. <laughs> I don't think it is. Uh, you know. I, I definitely think that uh, L.A. moves on here. Um, Thank you. I appreciate so, that. I feel a lot better. Uh, you know, they're going to win the Kershaw game, which takes out Grinky. Assuming, no, actually, that would be Ray, wouldn't it? Uh, yes, because they're pitching Grinky in the wild card. I think that's probably the best thing that could happen to the Dodgers. I agree. I totally agree. Kershaw versus 100%. Ray is a much better matchup for L.A. than it is Kershaw and Grinky than having Ray in game two. Yep. Uh, so that actually, I think that works to the Dodgers' benefit a lot. Um, so, really, but uh, Diamondbacks have hit them, have hit Kershaw this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I know the Rockies have. The Rockies hit him a lot this year. So, um, but I, I definitely, I don't really see uh, Colorado or Arizona beating L.A. three out of five, uh, especially with Kershaw taking two of those games. So, yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you there, too. So let's uh, let's talk a little CS around. What do you think about Nats versus Dodgers? I'm taking L.A. Uh, wow. I, I just, you know, Kershaw two, possibly three times in that series. Uh, you know, and the best, the best two, if, if the, if the uh, Nationals had two top lefties, I would probably take them over L.A. But the fact that the Nationals' best two pitchers are right-handed, and, you know, obviously the Dodgers are known for the ability to hit right-handed pitching. Uh, I don't think there's many left-handed bats 
in LA that are particularly scared of Strasburg or Scherzer. So I I definitely think LA probably wins in no more than six games. Well, I would I would probably actually say LA in five. Bold statement, very bold statement, but I love it. I'm excited. I've always said that the next time the Dodgers go to the World Series, I'm going to go to a game. I don't know if that'll actually play out or not, but I'll have the conversation with the wife. We'll, I'm we'll going. See. I'm going to expect that uh, LA is going to hit Scherzer hard at least once in that series. Really? Yes. Any reason? He gives up the long ball. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Too. It depends on if that game. So the Dodgers have home field throughout, no? Yes. Yeah. So. Well, either way, I guess let's say that Scherzer pitches game one in that series. That would have him lined up for game four. Yeah. Yeah. So game four would be in Nats Park. So that's homer friendly venue. Not that the Dodgers can't hit long balls in Dodger Stadium, but the the walls are certainly closer in DC. So maybe you're onto something. Yeah. So taking the Dodgers to get to the series, and I assume you're taking Cleveland over whomever their opponent might be. Oh, absolutely. Uh, okay. I just you know the rotation for Cleveland just trumps. Anything that Boston or um, or um, Houston have. Uh, On that note, are they going Kluber? You have to win. You have to beat Kluber once. Yeah. And are they Kluber, I Carrasco, don't... Salazar? Who are they going with at their three? Uh, Salazar's coming out of the bullpen. I think they're giving it to Bauer. Okay. Uh, best last I heard, Salazar was coming out of the bullpen. I thought he just, but they said that, and then I thought, pretty sure he started two games in the last two weeks. But I, uh, I, I think it was just kind of to get through the season without. Oh, I see, just know, a bullpen kind of, game. I think they were giving him a little extra rest. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So, uh, best, best to my knowledge, it's Kluber, Carrasco, uh, Bauer, hmm. with Salazar, Miller. And uh, that's so crazy that Miller's that good. I can never think of their closer. Cody Allen. Uh, Cody Allen, yeah. And Brian Shaw is certainly no slouch either. I mean, they have a good bullpen. No. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could – if if Cleveland if, – if I don't care what series it is, DSCS World Series, if Kluber in game one goes eight innings or even seven – you know, gets into the seventh. That that almost like basically sets up the series in Cleveland's favor so much it's ridiculous. Because then you're only asking Carrasco and Bauer to go five innings for the other two games. And uh you know, they're not not many teams are gonna score anything off of Miller uh Allen, Shaw and I guess Salazar at this so- point. Tell me this: so, the is there any chance that given we're we're talking postseason now, should could they swap up and have Miller play more of like a closer role than just an as needed role? Let let's say that Kluber goes seven innings in game one, and they need the last mm-hmm. six outs. Do you go to Miller to get those outs? Do you go Miller for three and then bring in Cody Allen? Do you play matchups? I think it's situational. Okay, I think it's purely situational. If if it's two to one and the middle of the lineup is coming up for the opponent and it's the eighth, seventh, or whatever it is, that's when you're going to see Miller. 
if it's you know five to one in favor of the Indians, then you probably see Salazar and Shaw. Uh, Miller Miller is he's going to be used in the most high leverage situation that Francona can foresee for the rest of the game. Yeah, if it's in the sixth inning and you know they just took the lead and say the bottom of the fifth or something and the middle of the lineups coming up and they want to shut down in and then you're going to see Miller. I don't, I don't really think Miller has a role besides just to shut down whatever three batters he's scheduled to face. And I think that's it. So I, I, I mean, you could really see Miller from the fifth on at any point. Right. Fair enough. So give me a world series winner. Who do you got? Cleveland. Taking Cleveland. Yeah. I well, just... I'm over Cleveland, uh, but I think that I think that the AL is just better than the NL, so I'm going to take Houston. Really? To win it all? To win it all. Or, How do you feel about that? I don't like it. I just... Well, I don't, well, I, I, <laughs> I don't I, care. <laughs> I just think that Houston has too much inexperience. Yeah. I don't, I just... I don't... I'm not a fan of their rotation. I'm not a fan of their bullpen. And I just don't think they have enough playoff experience offensively to go all the way. Do you remember like three or four years ago? Hey, no. Uh, like, was was that on the recording or was that like on my computer? What's going on? Um, never mind. What? I guess that was just on my end. So like, three, four years ago, everyone talked about the youth that Houston had and how good they were going to be. And everyone would kind of throw out an arbitrary date. But I remember it was like 2017, 2018. And we're here now. And it's like, hey, you know what? They're, we're, we're at that date. That team is what we thought it would be. And why are we going to go back on our statements? Let's see it. Give us that World Series. Take it to Houston. I don't know. They went and they got pitching. It's, it's not that, sure, maybe Keuchel's not a true ace per se, but they got Verlander, who has certainly been pitching like an ace. Keuchel's been good. I think they could make a move. And I'm just over the Cleveland story. So I, I would love to see the Dodgers win the World Series. Think, so if I'm getting oh, to choose, I'm going with the Dodgers. I just don't think... Keiko can't pitch yeah. away from Houston. So, throughout, with the exception of the DS, game two, which he's probably going to pitch, is going to be away. In the CS and in the World Series, assuming, well, assuming World Series home field is regular season now, right? Regular yes. season standings? So, Dodgers are home throughout if, if they continue so basically either the cubs or the diamondbacks or rockies have to make it to the world series for them to have home field advantage so mm. wouldn't the nationals have it over them as well um uh, no I, I don't think so but i could be wrong i don't have that in front of me give me a second i'll find out that's more semantics than i'm interested in to me it like Kygo could pitch away. He could pitch okay, fine away. You're right. You're right. Of course I'm right. Who are you kidding? They had, they won 101 games. Wow. Did not That's right. That. And here you are saying that they don't have enough talent. Yeah, but they won most of that in the first half. That's true. I just – the experience for me and the rotation for me is, is too, too many question marks. Obviously, they can do it. I won't be surprised if they do it. But – and I, I, I hope they play well because that's a really fun team to watch. And, you know, I, I hope that they 
I mean, I'm not going to be upset if they win the World Series because if they win the World Series, that means, you know, it was entertaining baseball. Because That's absolutely right. They scored runs because if they win, that means that they're hitting the ball. Uh, I really don't see them shutting a whole lot of teams down on the mound. So that's my my take on it. My two cents on on all that. So let's aside from who then, because I mean I, I'm pretty clear on my stance here, but not the team that you think will win, but a team that you would want to win. Who would you want to win it this year? <sighs> But like realistically, like I mean, we're pretty sure the Twins uh, don't really have a chance. Right. So, uh, probably Cleveland. Honestly, I know that they're, they're kind of like okay, never mind, blah, whatever. Yeah, they are. But, they are whatever to me. All right, good. I guess. I guess if if I'm going kind of off the rails, uh, the Diamondbacks. Okay. I just. I don't know. I like. They won me a lot of money in DFS. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has their reason, so there we go. Yeah, at least you're upfront uh, about it. You know, I like the Cubs, but I I don't really care for repeats. Yeah, repeats are boring. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I'm not gonna root against the Cubs no matter who they're playing because, you know, as far as allegiances go, I guess you know they're kind of my B team. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to root for them. Obviously, the, the last team I want to see wins the Nationals. So, anybody but the Nats is my is my true answer, I guess. Yeah, right on. All right, well, so uh, some good playoff talk there. What do you say we hop over and do a little uh, team admin talk here, a little team administration? So, uh, I realized in the pre-show I haven't elected a player in rub to be extended. So, regardless of whether or not I keep this team, I uh, need to make sure that someone is extended, provided that I think there's someone there that's worthy of being extended. So what I'm doing here, I just pulled out my team page. So I'm looking for a guy who is on a one-year contract. So whether I picked him up in free agency or I drafted him as a one-year or I traded for him as a one-year, anybody on an expiring contract, so on a one-year deal that I would be losing to free agency, I have the option to extend. So I'm going through here. Uh, I don't really have any bats that I'm, I mean, I'm pretty loaded at, at bats anyways. So let me hop down to pitching. A uh, couple of relievers. Nah. Mike Fultonevich. That could be interesting. Brad Peacock. Nah. That's a nah. guy who could be interesting. He's got some high upside. Nah. Do, do, do we know that Peacock has a rotation spot? We don't, year? but he could also turn into a super reliever and have value. So just we're throwing guys out here. Let's see. Parker Bridwell, Jake Faria, Jordan Montgomery. He uh he could be a good option. I like Faria, like Faria better than Montgomery. Okay, noted. Uh, Luke Weaver I had on a one year deal, so that's a guy that certainly could be worthy of an extension. I I like Weaver. I do. Weaver is a uh, a good pitcher. Unfortunately, I had to trade him away in in gym rats this year. But uh, and then there is Garrett Richards. You know, I've always been partial to uh, to Angels pitching. I don't really know why that is. I do enjoy. Games at the either. Big A. It's a, a lovely spot to watch a game. So long as it's at night. During the day, it is brutal. Let's see. So, Garrett Richards, huh? I think I might just go with this guy. He seems like a, a good little one-year option. Why? Why? He doesn't, He never pitches. <laughs> He's been injured. <laughs> <laughs> so, he never pitches. 
This guy hasn't pitched since 2015. Oh, he's pitched. Let's see. He pitched on uh, September 5th, 12th, 17th, yeah. 22nd, and 27th. In that time, he gave up. He didn't go deep into games, so he gave up uh, six or no seven earned through those five games. Uh, and he pitched. Let's see, 11, 16, 18, 19, 20, 20, 23 innings, over seven outings. But his walks are down. Uh, the strikeouts. I think he's a, still a high upside guy. Garrett Richards has pitched. 62 and a third more innings since 2015 than I have. But you are a renowned so, pitcher in softball, slow pitch softball. <laughs> <laughs> he throws the knuckle. Uh, I'm talking about MLB pitch, MLB oh, oh, innings. Okay, yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah, seen Garrett on the softball field in a while. So, I've always had a soft spot for him. I feel like you're doing somebody a disservice, but you really feel that Garrett way, Richards? Yeah, because Garrett Richards uh, is the guy you're going to be able to get. In like the freaking twelfth round next year, and that's probably taking him early. Well, that's that is a possibility, but the same could be said for Jake Faria, Luke Weaver. It just so happens that with this team, there's no obvious guy that I should uh, be looking to extend. Ah, if it was my team, which it's not. Which it's not. It's not. I would probably take Faria. Uh, I am partial to Tampa Bay pitching. Um, and he's only $50, $50. Yeah. So why don't you tell me what great pitchers have come out of Tampa Bay in the last, I don't know, three years? You know, great pitchers? I don't know. You want to talk about Jake Gooder, is he? <laughs> I just... He had a run. Okay. Yeah, I've kind of lost my faith in... Uh, and how they develop pitchers in Tampa. And given that this guy, how, how old is he? He's 24 years old. So, I mean, he certainly could be a budding superstar. But here's, did Faria, did he finish the season out of the bullpen? He had to. No, he didn't have to. Uh, yes, he did. Okay. So, I see he, did, yes. he played on the 24th and the 28th, went uh, two and three innings respectively, gave up two innings in both of those, and three home runs. Now, I mean, he could have been super reliever, Type I mean, role, and he was facing. Asked at that point, I would. Imagine. Yeah, that's certainly a possibility. Uh, I'm kind of falling off. Here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually falling off him. Uh, Garrett's probably looking a little bit better, just Strike for the fact that. Right. No. No, uh, I don't. I don't think. You know, we're just looking at the way teams manage pitchers from year to year like i guess i'd kind of have to go back and look how many minor league innings did Faria put in right uh i mean if he put if he pitched a total of 150 innings which i don't think he did then i'm more confident with that decision but if he's like around 120 115 i don't know if i really want to extend that guy because i'm probably not going to get more than 20 more innings out of him next year yeah, he only went 86 innings in the majors. I didn't. I'm not going to turn this into a research project right now and look up his right. minor league numbers. But like you say, he's only going to get a small percentage built onto that for next year. And I think right. it's it's there's a kind of a safe possibility that he might not start the year in the majors, which is not a terrible thing. But this isn't a farm draft contract. We're talking about an extension. So for me, I'd rather have a guy who's going to help me on day one as my extension. Maybe I get a half year out of him, and then after that. He kind of fills a hole for me, and if he gets injured or whatever, I can cut bait on that guy. 
and move on with the rest of my season. I didn't make an investment there. I feel like Weaver is pretty safe to be in the rotation. The rotation, but how many how many innings is he really going to get? Yeah, that uh, he probably did pitch close to 120 innings in the minors this year because he he didn't come up until although he did pitch up some bullpen when he first came up too. So he pitched 77. Ooh. Uh, oh, oh, actually, yes. So 130 innings total. 77.2 and 60. Yeah, so about 138 innings. Yeah. That's not that's, – that's borderline, really. Right. Uh, I, I would – I think he's definitely a possibility because of that. I think um, because he's – assuming health, he's going to get at least 150. Um, this might be a guy – who you extend and hope for a hot start and move because he's probably going to fall off towards mid-August in September just because he's going to be getting towards his, you know, he's probably going to be getting towards that 150 inning mark. He's probably not going to be, you know, you know how young guys kind of fall off typically. Oh, yeah. Not that uncommon for them to fall off late in the year. Or he could get relegated to some sort of bullpen role and, and then eventually right. just shut down too. So, uh, And like I say, this is it's just I don't have a ton of names on here that are super worthy of consideration of being extended. Um, honestly, I'm looking back up at the hitters now. I have Max Kepler, Ryan Healy could certainly be a consideration. He had a nice year. Let's see how he finished on the stretch. Not a lot of power down the stretch. Kind of fell off, as to be expected. You don't want to keep Pena? Keep what? Uh, Manny Pena? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'm super interested in keeping a catcher. Um, yeah. I don't care that much. Let's see. 20, 25 home runs for Healy, 78 runs batted in. So I, I guess there's a couple of guys I could consider, but it's that simple to uh, to choose an extension. So I'll narrow it down between those two. And I just think I'm going to lean pitching because I have so many hitters already. Help kind of fill that void going into the draft. I definitely, I definitely would pick between Richards or Weaver. Yeah, I, I think for me it's Richards. You don't like Garrett Richards, but I don't know. I, I guess like I watch enough of the healthy. Angels that I – Right, and I I don't know. It's, it's hard to predict that he's going to have, you know, some sort of elbow issue or a shoulder issue again. Like, well, he had TJ and then – or no, he, he didn't actually get the surgery, did he? I think he elected to go non-surgical, so. Yeah, which hasn't worked out well for many in the past. But it it did for Tanaka, so – hard, But he throws a little harder. But he throws a little harder than Tanaka, too. it? <laughs> Hey, he really pitched well out. in the second half. <laughs> uh, so I think I'm going to go with him. I'll get that put in later, though. Uh, on that note, though, is there any other team administration kind of stuff or league administration? I did make one note as we were going, uh, again, about the winter meetings coming up. Uh, yeah. That's any time that there's something that we need to work on. Because I guess ultimately the reason I thought of this is we need to have some sort of tie break. It happens to work out really well this year. I don't think we've ever had a tie before, and if we did, no one mentioned it, so... Uh, but we should probably insert something yeah. into the verbiage of how we would would decide on a tie. Yeah, there's there's a few little things uh, that need to be addressed, mostly on the head-to-head side. Um, there's not not a whole. I don't expect yes uh, many, if any, changes on the roto side. Uh, if if there is, they're going to be very minor, probably cleaning up wording type changes. Um, so. 
Right. Yeah, I'm probably going to kick off the winter meetings here really soon. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So. In fact, let's let's go ahead and throw up a thread. And uh, on that thread, let's just only have posts that are real topics that people want to have discussed. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure the deal will come up again this year because of the change to the 10-day. Obviously, that had a big influence. So, uh, anything that you want to discuss that you think could be made better, that you think should be changed, that you think sucks, this is the opportunity to do that. These aren't ideas that you and I come up with. These are ideas that our league mates, our owners come up with, and then we can all discuss as a unified group and then decide take a vote, see if a change should actually be made or what change should be made. So this is a chance for everybody to get involved and help make decisions for the league or for the, not just the league, but the whole format. So, all right. Yep. Sounds good. I'm, I'll, I'll get that up soon. Well, uh, I got some sad news while we were recording, Stephen. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Tom Petty died today. What? An, an American hero. So uh, I was fortunate. Oh. We just got to see him at the Hollywood Bowl two weeks ago. And, uh, and this afternoon, he was found dead in his home. So, um, what a day. And today has been a rough one. So, as a as the producer that you are, why don't you fade us out with uh, with a little last dance with Mary Jane? <laughs> make, make it happen. You overestimate my skills vastly. Maybe, maybe in post production, you can uh, you can edit that in for us. But uh, uh, we'll but uh, so we'll we'll take a moment here to remember Tom Petty. A, a rough little Monday we got brewing here, but um, yeah. Baseball's been, over. Baseball's over, yeah. except for the playoffs. The playoffs we're all looking forward to. So, yeah. All right. Well, for uh, for Stephen Bulls on the right coast, I'm Wes Maxey on the left coast. This has been Coast to Coast Front Office and Backdoor Sliders. Thanks for listening. Send me an offer in two weeks.